Hello and welcome back to the Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy and Meditation Podcast with Brant Pasalakwa, founder of the Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy and Meditation School. In this podcast, we answer our students' questions and share information about yoga therapy and meditation with the intention of creating a new paradigm in wellness. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's dive into the show. Om Shanti, welcome. Today, we're going to be looking at uh, the first mental body, the Mano Maya Kosha. So the Mano Maya Kosha is the uh, conscious mind. And, you know, in a way, this is uh, one of the more, uh, you know, they're all important, but obviously the way we think makes up so much about how we think about ourselves and uh, how we identify ourselves. So, um, and it's also the kosha where we work, uh, where we uh, perceive our experience through. So having a balanced uh, conscious mind is extremely important uh, in terms of living a full life. So most people have a great interest, right, in um, balancing and elevating this kosha. So, one of the ways the Manomaya Kosha works is that it, um, it helps regulate um, the physical and energetic bodies above it um, because it directs, uh, directs the thoughts uh, and deals with sort of the inputs we get. So we get physical and um, pranic input and then the Manomaya Kosha has to interpret it. So, you know, in that way, uh, to have a balanced Manomaya Kosha will always affect the other Koshas above it. So um, it's important. Um, an example of that would be, you know, making different, let's say, lifestyle choices with your thoughts, right, that affect the other Koshas. Um, and so without that, it's sort of hard to have real um, deep balance without the Manomaya Kosha being okay. Um, so it really, in order to do this, the the um, the mind needs to be open to learning because you can't direct your thoughts right to the more uh, higher levels of consciousness uh, if you're not working with a full set of information so a closed mind stops changing you know so your mind has to be plastic um, and if it's really closed actually it'll cause disease in the other koshas right um, disease as in dis-ease you know either disease like problems that way or just non-harmony across all the other koshas. Um, so having an open and balanced mind um, is important. You know, in a way our minds are our greatest tool and if we really want to um, figure out our problems and make decisions that benefit ourselves, it needs to be functioning properly. And if we really want to figure out problems and uh, make decisions that benefit others in the world, it needs to be functioning properly. So you can't get around this. I like this sutra. It's 234 in the Yoga Sutras. So I just wanted to read it to you. Uh, Negative thoughts and emotions are violent in that they cause injury to yourself and others, regardless of whether they are performed by you, done by others, or you permit them to be done. They arise from greed, anger, or delusion, regardless of whether they arise from mild, moderate, or excessive emotional intensity. They result in endless misery and ignorance and therefore, when you consistently cultivate the opposite thoughts and emotions, the unwholesome tendencies are gradually destroyed. So the question then is, is how do we balance the, the conscious mind? 
And there's a whole path in yoga that only deals with this. It's called um, jnana yoga or the yoga of knowledge or the yoga of wisdom. Um, it's considered, you know, by many, like one of the more difficult paths um, because it requires a lot of will and intellect. Um, and the general idea with it is the mind is used to inquire into its own nature. So the mind is used to look at itself, basically. Um, and then, uh, you know, you can kind of transcend, you know, your over-identification with your ego or your small self. So that's the path of jnana yoga. Um, the sutra I read before that sort of points towards like, you have to cultivate kind of the opposite of these negative things. In a way, they're the same in which it is to say you have to really feed the mind um, a bunch of useful um, material to work with, right? Or it won't be able to kind of look at itself and find um, elevation or radical balance, depending on how you want to look at it. So what you really want to try to remind the mind of is truth. So the question we have is like, how do we do that? How do we get the mind to look at truth? Um, and, you know, there's a couple things that have traditionally been done to do that. So I would like to just share with you uh, two practices that might be helpful, right, for you in order to get your mind um, back in balance. And when you think about it, you know, often your mind moves towards negative thinking. Your mind isn't thinking about sort of the ultimate truth of things. And your mind is left to its own devices, you know, critical thinking. And critical thinking is great, you know, and super useful. But when it kind of is not fed by any other material, then that just becomes criticism, right? And we don't uh, do as well. And then our mono becomes unbalanced, right? And we start to become unhinged in various ways. And we've all experienced depression, anxiety, lethargy, you know, all these things that come from a uh, uh, unbalanced mono. So if you're really looking for balance, um, one needs to really make it a practice, right, to feed the mind. So we have two ways to feed the mind. Um, one is chanting. So, and, it, you know, the philosophy part of feeding the mind is really good. I, I really like sort of ecstatic poetry in very simple ways um, to elevate. So some examples of that would be Rumi or Hafiz who are so Sufi poets. Um, Rilke uh, is great. You know, there's been a long tradition of, of Christian poets, Sufi poets, Hindu poets, and you've got all these different um, traditions that write these usually rather short uh, poems that remind us of the oneness of all. And so that's always good. And then I also like um, little bits of philosophy and practice. Uh, some favorites of mine are Thich Nhat Hanh, who reminds us to be mindful and often writes, again, short passages so the mind can be fed easily, you know, reminding us to be mindful and to pay attention of our immediate existence so we can find our true selves. Um, and then, um, you know, things like the Yoga Sutras and texts are also good because a, they give us, just like that sutra I read you, they're short and give the mind something to reflect on, right, that can move it towards truth. So the actual practice, right, of taking in 
that kind of thing, we're going to call it philosophy for this course, um, is one way to balance the Manamaya Kosha, the conscious mind. The other way to balance the conscious mind is by chanting. So there's a few sutras on chanting. I just want to read them to you uh, briefly. Um, 127 in the Yoga Sutras is the sound denoting that self is Om, Om, right? So that then the sound denoting the true self or the greater self is Om. By constantly repeating that sound, one attains spiritual wealth. And then the next one says, from that practice arises the attainment of inward direction, directed consciousness. So you can substitute Om for all sorts of chanting. There's long traditions of chanting in yoga. Um, so we don't have to get stuck on only Om, although Om is a kind of uh, great <laughs> sound to make. Um, and what we learn from those sutras is then the mind naturally turns inward. So it's not saying turn your mind inward and chant. It's saying chant and then you condition your mind, right, to turn inward and look at the truth. Um, and the one important stage of um, being attached to the truth is seeing yourself for what you are. And then after that, you can see the world for what it is. So the, the sounds of chanting themselves have a way of uh, making the mind more sattvic or more peaceful. So we're going to be using sounds. Uh, in this course, I've decided to offer a chant I really like, um, that I've taught to many people, and I found really useful. Um, and it's um, based on grounding the mind in the body. And through that, so, um, through that process, the mind is grounded towards um, what are the lower chakras. So it's, there are many ways to chant. Some will be very uplifting and up here. Some are more grounding. Some are both. Um, but uh, I, I chose this one for this course because the result of this chant is often a feeling of deep groundedness and deep balance. And from that place of deep balance, one is usually able then to let more of the world and the universe and the truth in. So it, in the end, it leaves you more open, but instead of just going for a direct opening, right, we go for a grounding, right, that allows, um, that allows us to see things as they are and allows us to take in more and have more capacity. Uh, and in this way, just like the other ways we've been thinking about things, we become way more balanced and we can handle more uh, opening or elevation. So you could think of it that way. So what I'd like to do is teach you how to do this chant. So let's look at uh, the chant. <clears throat> so the chant is Om Aim Hreem Kreem Namaha. And we're gonna keep it nice and simple. So when you chant um, this particular chant, you're gonna keep the voice a little bit lower. It doesn't have to be super low. I have a rather low voice, you might not, but not upper. So you wanna feel the chant from your pelvic floor to your navel. This is where you're feeling the chant, right? Not up in here. So I'm gonna just gonna show you the chant. I'm gonna chant it a couple times so you can hear it. Om Aim Hreem Kreem Namaha. Om Aim Hreem Kreem Namaha. Om Aim Hreem 
So that's the chant. You might have noticed that it's done. You might not have noticed, but you might have noticed that I'm doing that with one breath. So you breathe in and then you chant. And however long your out breath is, that's the length of your chant. Then you breathe in and then you chant. So to start, I would recommend doing it out loud. And um, you could do that, you know, over and over again for a few minutes. I would say start with two minutes. They make it two, three, or four minutes, the chanting. Um, and then if that's working out well, you can then chant um, softer. And then if that's working out well, the other option is to do it just silently to yourself. So you're actually thinking, Om, Aim, Reem, Kreem, Namaha. So it's easier to chant out loud it's actually just as powerful to not make any noise or even more powerful to not make any noise. So I'll leave that to you to experiment with. If you're new to chanting, definitely do it out loud. Um, but if you're in an office or something, don't feel like it has to be loud in order to work. It doesn't. You could chant very quietly. It's fine. Over and over and over again. One breath each. So what I'd like to do here is I like to do it a, um, a few times for you. Um, just a reminder, you're feeling it from your pelvic floor into your belly area. So that's where you want the chant. If you're chanting silently, that's where you have your focus. Like you're bringing your mind down to that area that will ground your lower chakras, which will in turn open your upper chakras. So we haven't talked a lot about chakras, but it will ground lower so that you can receive more in. And in terms of the mono, which is here, right, the mono mayakosha, it will ground it into your body so that it is deeply, deeply balanced. And when it's balanced, it can move more methodically, more slowly, and always have like at least one eye on the truth. And that's the goal. So I'm just going to finish here by chanting it several times for you. Om Aim Hreem Kreem Namaha Om Aim Hreem Kreem Namaha done the chant several times, you just sit. You feel the effects the chant has had in your body. You leave your mind unadulterated and just see the speed and nature of your thoughts, as long as it's comfortable for you. 
and then whenever the urge strikes to be done with that, you're finished and you move on either to your day or your next practice. So I hope that the philosophy and chanting really um, has us noticing, right, that our mind can be really shifted when it's fed practices that lead it towards the truth. So I look forward to seeing you next week and to meeting up with you online and enjoy your practice this week. Om Shanti. Om Peace. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode. Please subscribe, rate, and review our show and help us share yoga therapy with more people around the world. If you think this episode will help someone you know, feel free to share it with them. If you love yoga therapy and meditation, you can follow us over on Instagram at breathingdeeplyyoga, where we share anything and everything to help you advance your understanding of yoga therapy and meditation. For more information about our yoga therapy and meditation trainings and programs, visit breathingdeeply.com. See you in the next episode.